You are listening to the Wild Soul Podcast, a podcast for the wild ones. Join me, your host, Queen Namaste, as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path. From wild, inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between. Because really, who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum? up you wild souls welcome to another episode of the wild soul podcast with your host queen namaste which is me uh if you've never listened to this podcast before you came to the right place this is where wild souls hang out we discuss taboo topics people who dance the beat of their own drum and that totally encompasses this wonderful beautiful human who is my guest this week on the episode we are chatting with Nicole Guzzo of Nicole Guzzo Designs and today's episode is a longer one and a two-parter which is dope because we just had so much to talk about and I love this woman so much so hopefully you will stick around for the whole thing because she's got a lot of good nuggets. We talk about her journey to where she is now. Um, quick little backstory: this girl is a powerhouse. She created her own rock and roll label um, six or seven years ago. And from then till now, it's just done a complete 180 transformation in what she's doing and how meditation has come into her life. So we're also talking about meditation and we even do a little meditation here. So if you are new to meditation and you have no idea where to start, we do one together in this podcast. So it's going to be great, great fun. (laughs) And I'm just going to stop talking so we can get right into her interview because you don't want to miss it. All right, here is Nicole Guzzo without further ado. Nicole. Shannon. Thank you for coming on the Wild Soul Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this. Been wanting you on here for so long. Now I finally have you. I'm excited and <laughs> nervous. Very good. You'll be totally fine. Um, First question I usually ask people is like, who is Nicole in like a 30 second elevator pitch? But like, (laughs) you're not pitching anybody, so you can just say, hey, this is who I am. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Who am I? That is a interesting question to describe yourself and put yourself in a box. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I don't belong in a box. <laughs> it's so funny how people answer these questions because some people know right away and they're like, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And then other people are like, nope. <laughs> no labels. <laughs> I can tell you the things I love. I love meditation. Meditation has transformed and changed my life. I love working with women and working to educate and empower them. I love family. I love healthy food. I love traveling. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are them. <laughs> Those, Those are, are what I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to ask you so many questions about your travel and stuff too, but maybe we can just like go back in time a little bit, like your journey and like okay. what led you to this moment now and what you're doing now. Wow. Like, yeah, because if people don't know, Nicole and I met. A while ago. 2012, 
I feel like that's the so. date it was. And we used to work at a bar together and our lives have just changed very much since then. So wow. if you want to go back in time until 2012, at least. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 2012, we were working at a bar. We were both drinking, partying, not taking care of our mental body or spiritual body at all. Maybe partly our physical body, but we were definitely putting a lot of toxins in there. Working till like three in the morning and then having to get up and work again at 8 a.m. That's so crazy. It's not even legal. I don't know how they got away with that. And I'd be like, fine. And I would have like two uh, energy drinks. Big ones. The big ones. Rock stars or whatever. Two of them in the morning before anything else. Ew! I can't even imagine that It hurts my stomach thinking (gasps) about it. Yeah. And like so much sugar. Disgusting. But then I had a clothing line and... It started doing really well, so I left the bar to pursue it. And it was a rock and roll clothing line, and I was able to make clothing for musicians and people that went to the rock shows and festivals, and it was wonderful and a dream, and it was, I would say, big for about four years, and it was really fun to be able to actually pursue my passion and my art. Um... Yeah, because you made, like, so many things. Yeah, like, so many scratch. things. Yeah. Dresses, kimonos, leather pants, jackets. denim jackets, yeah. bodysuits. I bought a dress off you, and I still love it. I still love it. It's, like, skull. Skull print. Skull print. And then I also have, I still have, it's, like, a tube top. The, the bow. bow. Mm-hmm. The, the bow. bow. <laughs> yeah. That was such a big seller. Yeah, it was so cute. I was like, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it was fun, you know, I'd work at the bar, and then I'd come home and work in my parents' basement, and then eventually I was able to leave the bar and then just work nonstop in my parents' basement on the clothing line. Yeah, so cool. So what happened with that? Because I think I remember there wasn't, weren't your clothes, weren't, wasn't, wasn't your clothing in a, a show, like a couple of shows, runway well, shows? Yeah, lots of runway. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many runway shows, and then it was also at the Hard Rock Casino and in their store, and it was a couple of stores, uh, boutiques downtown, and it sold online. Um, but then honestly, I wasn't. I had no spiritual practice, and I wasn't taking care of my mental health, and it all crashed really quickly. How did it crash? What happened? I was just started feeling very disconnected to what I was doing. Mm. I wasn't designing from the heart and I was just designing because now was my full-time job and I had to make a certain amount of money to live and I just did everything that other people wanted and um, then I started getting into a very dark place mentally and there was no way out you get into this dark hole and everything just came crashing down Mm. I just was living at home and said to my parents, like, I'm done designing. And I basically laid actually in this room (laughs) for so many months, about four or five months, and would order food and watch TV shows and read books and cry and still, even then, not take care of my mental health. Wow. Yeah. So you just quit. You're just like, I'm done. And you just stopped making clothing. And then this hermited. Yeah, I I did. I really, I just stopped everything and I knew it wasn't there. I had nothing in me. I had burnt out. That was, that was really what had happened. It was a burnout. I worked, was overworking myself 
and it caused like a depression, like a situational depression. And I burnt out so badly, which like you always fall before you rise. And Mm -hmm. when people are in their darkness, I tell them like, love that darkness because soon you will explode into light and it is magical. It is so wonderful. And being a strong headed person that I was, I knew that I didn't want to feel like this anymore. So I woke up on a Tuesday and I was crying, crying, crying and just no real reason. And I went upstairs to my mom and I told her I was booking a trip to Bali and I was going to take some time for myself. And that Friday I went. So I took three days basically to sort everything. And I said, life's got to change. So cool. It was wonderful. What year was that when you went to Bali? 2016. Yeah, like three years ago. Yeah, everything changed. And when I went to Bali, I started my meditation practice. (laughs) Yes. And that's where I found a beautiful meditation teacher. That's where I became a vegetarian. That's where so much changed for me. My perspective on life, on taking care of my mental and spiritual body, not just my physical. And connecting to what it really means to your true self. And this is where this tattoo came, uh, to find your true self. And the tattoo artist said, that, that's a very deep tattoo. And I said, yeah, it's a very deep journey <laughs> yeah. to find out why you're truly here, not following any conditioning, not following any, anybody else's path. Just why am I here? What is my soul's purpose? Yeah. What's your dharma? What's my dharma? Mm-hmm. How long were you in Bali for? I booked a very short 12-day trip. Mm, 12 days, not enough time. <laughs> it was it was everything, though, you know? And I just spent every day um, in a meditate every afternoon doing, like, a two-hour meditation with a teacher there. Oh, wow. And just drastically, it just drastically changed my life. Bali shifted everything, everything in my life. And I came back and I wasn't allowing the darkness to take over. And I just said, okay, this is the new, this is it. That was my wake up moment. And I'm now slithering <laughs> towards the light. Slow process, but. So cool. Yeah, Yay. it was wonderful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that was in 2016. I don't know, like... Somewhere around there. Um, how long is too much to talk, you know? No, just... Do you to take a break or whatever? No, we're going to just talk. Okay. If you want, yeah, if you want to say something, mm. say something. Um, I'm just trying to go through the timeline. So 2016, then you come back, yeah. and then do you decide to, to sew again and make stuff? Yeah, so then I started working in film because I had no mind for design. I was still... Um, I still was raw, you know, my, my, my heart and my mind and my emotional body was still raw. I was still going through a lot. So I decided to apply it, making clothing for film. And basically it meant that I could just make what a designer wanted and I didn't have to think and I could just have a boss and Mm -hmm. have a steady paycheck, but still be in the arts. And it was incredible. It was a wonderful time and the to surround yourself with like very cool creative women basically a lot of all women 
and I had some amazing designers I got to work under that just always just let me be me and let me come in and out of jobs. And then in 2017, my mom asked me if I wanted to go to India because my grandma is born in India. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yes, so I wow. am one-eighth Indian. Oh my god, that's so sweet. Yes, it's beautiful. Oh. So my mom booked a three-week round-trip ticket and I booked a one-way. So we went to India together and we explored and we explored like our motherland. And Did you go to visit your grandma? She lives here. Oh, she lives here. Yeah. Cool. She lives in Canada. Um, and Has your grandma been before? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously. she's been back. Obviously, I mean, been, like, yeah, been back. Born like, and raised, like... but then also been back. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't have any interest anymore. I'd love to go back with my grandma, but mm. she doesn't have any interest. My mom was healing from grieving her best friend, and I was yeah. still sorting out my life, and we both basically went on a spiritual journey oh, in different so, ways. That's so beautiful to go with your mother like that. It wow. was beautiful. Wow, that probably made your connection just even, like, so much deeper. It's, it's incredible. I mean, my oh. mom is just everything, you know? She's so wonderful and kind, and everything that I am comes from her. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's difficult when you see your mom grieving, because your mom comforts you, usually. And then you have to be some source for her. And I wasn't even who I am now so I wasn't I didn't know how to offer but we just had a good time and we explored together and we we came to stillness a lot Mm. just sitting and just being and reading and just it was a very wonderful trip oh my gosh yeah so she goes back and you're like I'm staying I'm staying that's such a bold move all by yourself good for you it was amazing so many people would not do that it was a calling I was I had finally you know I knew where my dad was from from Italy and I knew where my mom was born in England and when I landed in India I actually felt whole mm-hmm. like I felt like okay this is these are all of my roots now I've been to the land and now I've connected to the source and I just actually felt different and whole and connected, but so true and so full. That's all I can really say is so mm-hmm. full when you connect all the pieces of who you are. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, my mom went home and because I had gotten into meditation in Bali... Um, I, being from the West, always separated yoga and meditation. I didn't know how they connected or what the difference was. And for me, yoga was always this physical fitness that people in Vancouver did. And it just was like Pilates in my eyes. I Mm -hmm. never understood what the love of it was. But I was going to India. I mean, I was in India, like the birthplace of yoga. And I was going to Rishikesh, where yoga just came from, which is in North India. So I went to a yoga festival and said, I will try out every type of yoga and find one for me. (laughs) Because you wanted to like it. (laughs) I wanted to like it. I said, I need to give it a full shot. and Maybe I don't know what it really is. 
And this is how I met my guru. And his name is? Ananji. I can tell the story yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so at a yoga festival, we were all having lunch, a bunch of people, and I was sitting with a bunch of teachers. And I asked them, what's vinyasa? What's astanga? What's hatha? What's kundalini? What's kriya? And they would explain each section of yoga, and I just had no idea. And I was going through my pamphlet, and I was a big atheist before India. And... I was always very against God and I was very against my connection to God and just any idea of God. And I was looking at this pamphlet that said, let go and let God. It was a class name. So I instantly scratched it out and said, <laughs> I'm not going there. So the women around me said, well, you should be trying new things. That's why you're here. And I heard this teacher was amazing. So I said, you're right. I have to try new things. I'm going to go to this class. And when I went there, maybe a minute before, you know, the class started, there was one available spot left and it was front and center. So I sat my mat down and I just kind of sat. I probably was sitting in a, I don't know how I was sitting. I was probably just not aware of what was about to happen. Of course, I wasn't aware of what was about to happen. And this wonderful man in white with his head wrapped walks in with these three goddesses flowing behind him and he sits on the stage and the women surround him to to be as for for more people to watch so there's four of them on stage and they're just glowing these women so we start the class and he takes us on a journey it's like nothing i've ever experienced before he does what I know now to be Kriyas. We are moving our arms and we are chanting and we are using our breath to get us to these different realms of reality. We're going to these like astral planes. We are standing in circles, hugging strangers. We are staring into each other's eyes. We're dancing. We're doing yoga that that we never leave a seated position, and I am breaking through walls like within seconds, crying and and screaming and just releasing so much and dancing in public for the first time mm-hmm. and connecting with all these strangers and feeling just like out of body, and I remember my whole body started tingling as I was I was crying and my whole body started tingling and it's such a um it's such an image because it, it what had felt like the tent that we were in had opened up and the sun was just shining on me and I was so warm and had I just had my first experience with God and I was just talking to this what I would have called then like some voice, some spirit, and it was like divine and feminine and welcoming and nurturing and just kind of brought me to this space and just said like, welcome, you're here. And in this vision, I saw my parents and it was just this, it was an out of body God experience. And when I came to 
and the class was over, I ran up to the women and asked what the hell we just experienced. <laughs> and they said, this is Satva Yoga. And this is Anand. And he's a, he's our master teacher. And it's a meditation Hatha Kundalini inspired yoga. And, you know, roll back two years later, I'm now a Satva teacher. <laughs> Yes. Because Sapa Yoga just, it it was wild. Wow. I want to be there. What you just, oh my gosh, what you just expressed. I'm like, that sounds lit. It was incredible. Oh, oh my gosh. And just to have that experience and then go up to the women and say, I need this in my life. And they invited me to do my teacher training, even though I had no yoga experience and they told me that everyone was welcome and you can come and just do the work for yourself and that's what I did two months later I was doing my 200 hour teacher training and I was learning from the master teacher Anandji every single day for hours and hours a day that's so cool I mean that's so awesome I say cool too much um it's incredible incredible amazing like and all that time you'd get to you had to spend with him it's learning. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah. Because he was just some random stranger, then some guy's class I took at yoga, then my teacher, then someone I looked to for all my guidance, and then my guru. It just, there was no other way for, for our relationship to go. I just looked at him for guidance through so much. And he openly shares with words and with energy and with practice and that's what satva yoga does it really just guides people into their truest self and their lives and it breaks down walls and it releases us from conditioning and it just allows us to live radically alive with who we are we're always we're just remembering who we are mm-hmm. i'm remembering we're just I remembering agree. <laughs> i agree i just got chills <laughs> Whoa. So you did that and then you're like, hey, screw it. I'm just going to do the training. So you stayed in India and did the training. So did the the training. And by this time I was already in India for four months. Wow. So it was actually hilarious to go and do some training because it was a a really nice high-end retreat center and all this good food. And I had a nice, really nice room and I wasn't carrying my backpack or eating street food or... (laughs) Yes, it was incredible and it was definitely the most transformational experience I've ever had in my life. Breaking down 27 years of walls. Yeah. Mostly emotional walls. Mm -hmm. Building up of some masks, so many masks. Yeah, yeah, there is an analogy that I've heard too. It's just like we put on a filter or sunglasses in which we see and then something happens and we're like, oh, let's just put on another one, mm. put on another one. And then you're, by the time we're, yeah, 30, you have so many foggy views of mm-hmm. how, you know, like you have to take the glasses off and be like, whoa, this is actually how it is. Not, yes. You know what I mean? This is actually how it is. Yeah. Take me to a place where I can see. Yeah. Yes. Wow, you 
uh, up until now, I was like, I'm not ready for India. It seems really intense, but you just made me kind of want to go. Oh, and that's just the yoga. India is incredible. Mm. The people, the culture, the food, the way the women are wearing beautiful colors and their saris and they walk down the street and the men are so hardworking and they're, the, the country is incredible and they're welcoming and they're loving and they always want to ask you where you're from and what your family does and where you're going. If you need any help, they welcome you into their homes. They make you food. That's so interesting because I've heard like, uh, like you painted in such a beautiful light and I've just heard the opposite of it and like the bad side of India, but it's just like the same with life. You can, you can have a positive view or a yeah. negative view on the world, right? It's all about our perspective. Mm-hmm. There's not many things that I paint with a negative light. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So then you stayed there a little bit longer than after your teacher Yeah. Training. And then I stayed for another couple of months because I had a six month visa. So I stayed mm-hmm. in India for six months and, um, oh. And then I saw India differently as well because I had done, I had been in India before my training and then I was in India after my training, but in the same trip. Mm. Mm-hmm. I actually went to Myanmar for a couple of weeks to visit my twin sister and then I went back to India for literally two days because my visa was going to run out in two days and I said, I need more of India. So I flew back to India, spent two more days just soaking up just the energy and the magic of India before then flying back to Vancouver. <laughs> and then when you, when you got here, were you like, oh, Yeah, it was hard. Was it a hard transition back? It was really hard. Yeah. It Tell was, me about that. Well, it was hard because I had changed so much and... And everyone else was the same? No, it's not about other people, but everyone had never met this, this me. Mm-hmm. So it was like re-meeting people and understanding that, yes, they're thinking that you, oh, I also gave up, I also gave up alcohol on that trip. That oh. was when I became sober. I oh, was in okay. India. How so did that happen? Back it up, back it up. We'll go back. How did, what when, made you want to give it up? Cause when I experienced Sattva Yoga and how high I got from my own breath, and the ecstatic dance that we would do sober, Mm -hmm. and the connections I built with people and how deep we would talk. And it wasn't a bar drunk chat. I didn't need any courage to go there. You just could walk up to a stranger and have the deepest conversation. And it sat by everyone was doing this. And to be a vegetarian that, that would... Be, to be a vegetarian that was just giving up alcohol, it was like, in Vancouver it sounds, wow, that's really great, that's really healthy, but in in India it sounds like, what? You just, you drink still? Oh, like people in, in India don't drink? No, they're, they're vegetarians and they don't drink. Nobody drinks there. Do they sell alcohol there? Yes, they sell alcohol there. And people, like of course, people. Travelers? Okay, I <laughs> will ba- we'll back this part up. I meant at Sapa. Oh, and yoga. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so when you're a vegetarian who's thinking about giving alcohol up, you're 
looked at as actually so unhealthy in, in Satma because they're all vegans that don't drink. Right. They already know that we shouldn't hurt animals. They already know that we shouldn't put toxins in our body. <laughs> so for me to say, I think I should give up alcohol. It's like, oh, you drink alcohol? Oh, yeah, you should give that up because you don't need it when once you know pranayama exercises. Yeah. You don't need it when you start ecstatic dancing in your bedroom when you wake up. Yeah. You will, you will feel higher than any substance could give you. Yeah. That's so interesting. So you went vegetarian first and then gave up alcohol. I gave up alcohol first and then quit the meat. That's so weird how like the two and two can side though. They do. It really, yeah. When people reach out to me and ask for advice on how to like get to shift their life, before even meditation, I tell them you should really give up meat and alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're just pouring toxins into our body. Mm -hmm. Then that's the norm. Yeah what the system is like made us do or think that it's normal and like we're just yeah conditioned at such a young age to be like like I've heard like all these studies where it's like if a kid is in like playing or whatever and there's a like a bunny and something else like oh and an apple he's gonna eat the apple and play with the bunny it's never gonna be the other way around you know and it's yes. like get taught at some point like oh yeah so we eat animals Anyways, yeah, it was in our society. It's yeah. just yeah, like some maybe some salad, some meat, some potatoes. Like that's just the way it is. But actually, my twin sister was a vegetarian since we were like seven. Oh wow! She was always aware that animals were not for our consumption or use of anything. Mm-hmm. She yeah, just used for anything. Yeah, she was just aware. And then my younger sister has been a vegan for. Maybe I'm saying this too much, but I swear it's like six years. Like, so I have such inspiration around me that when I messaged them originally saying I wanted to be a vegetarian and that I would need support, they said, yes, join us. (laughs) It's so easy. Um, And then actually my mom gave up meat. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we all kind of did it and do it together. And... That makes my heart so happy. It's amazing. What about your dad? My dad (laughs) definitely has consumed less. That's good. But by no means is he a vegetarian. No. And truthfully, he just really loves his seafood. Um, So maybe he could give up the rest and stick to seafood. Hmm. But no. (laughs) But no. No. But he has you guys influence so he yeah yeah he definitely has eaten, he's eaten tofu he's eaten tempeh he's eaten so many just full-on vegetarian i love tempeh so much so the, the, the tempeh in bali was like unreal it was like hey we're gonna buy this oh, and like man. barbecue steaks basically and they're made out of tempeh mm-hmm. it's your, like barbecue sauce covering tempeh and it's all vegan in bali so easy to be vegan in bali geez so easy very easy. I'm not a vegan. I'm a vegetarian. But Bali makes Bali makes everyone and, a vegan. Right? I know. It's like, why isn't the whole world that way? I'm not sure, but we'll get there. If I mean, we Bali's all had history. Bali around us, we could all be veg- We could all be vegans. Yeah. It's, it wouldn't even be a second thought. We all can be vegans now. Mm-hmm. It's just we got to train our minds to stop wanting these easy access foods and just go to nature. Nature. Yeah. Okay, where were we? What? Oh, we went. Where were we talking about? So you came. I gave up alcohol. Just oh, transitioning yeah. Oh, yeah. back. Alcohol. Yeah. 
alcohol. Well, so you just you gave it up because of sattva, most likely, or not yeah, I just that. felt such bliss from being sober there that You're I decided try to try it out. Yeah, but I also just thought, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm gonna try it out. I just thought I'm done drinking. It never served me. Mm. All of my you know, quote unquote mistakes or anything I regretted or anything I did were always when I was drunk and I always used it as an excuse, but then I would repeat those actions over and over and over. So I knew what I was doing, but I would mask it with alcohol mm-hmm. just so I could make those dumb decisions. <laughs> Why do we do that? Because <laughs> we're also conditioned to do that. Do that. Yeah, I know. Every movie tells us that's what we do when we're 19 to 22, every TV show, all of, all of our friends... We all just do that. We just yeah. drink, we party, we mask stuff, we don't deal with it. Yeah, because dealing with it sucks and people don't want to feel, like, shitty. They don't want to yeah. lay in their basement suite of their parents' house for four months crying, eating faux, gaining 15 pounds, watching TV. But I did it and and so much light came from feeling that darkness. Yeah. Feel the darkness, go there. But then you transcend into some full of light you gotta go through the dark to get to the light mm. but back to sattva actually and to connect to what I'm doing now actually Anand came up to me my guru and asked me what my favorite tattoo was and I showed him this girl power tattoo mm. and he said oh yes you're the one who makes clothing and you want to work with women And he set me up at one of the schools that he funds. And um, while I was in India in 2017 was my first time teaching at a women's school. So I taught, they wanted to learn Western designs and I walked them through making kimonos, dresses, wrap pants, flared pants, some purses. (laughs) And that was absolutely my dharma it was actually absolutely what I was meant to do and working with those women just for the month that I was there it changed the course of my life Mm, that's so special it was so special and to have him guide me there with just a few words it was so easy it wasn't one of those things I used to live like in the future I will do this one day I will do this I want my life one day to be like this instead of just doing it. I always said to my family, oh, if I had lots of money, I would be a humanitarian. I would go travel the world and help women. It was never one of those things that, oh, I'm going to do this. I related it to having money, which Mm -hmm. makes no sense. You don't need money to help people. So when I actually started just going out and doing those, It wasn't like some in-the-future thing anymore. And Anand definitely showed me that, that we just, we choose our life each day and Mm -hmm. that I can make this dream of mine that I've had for 27 years, (laughs) I can start tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. that's what I did. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you, how long did you work in that school? Just less than a month and then I was leaving. It was summer and and in July it's just like 47 degrees. Oh, jeez. We leave. (laughs) You leave. (laughs) Oh, and then you came back to Canada. Came back to Canada. Mm, Yeah. And in person, though. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. 
a new person that's well the same 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 but different but people weren't used to seeing this Nicole mm-hmm. and your transition was how was it the transition was made a lot smoother because I moved in with a friend who was also on this path and we rented a three bedroom just so we could have a yoga meditation room and we started holding women's circles every two weeks where we would do meditation, breath work, ecstatic dance, eye gazing, card pulling, hugs, connection and we held circles for about a year and a half, a year and three months. It was, it made the world of a difference. Yeah, those circles were so amazing. I wish I could have gone to more, but I think I went to your last one. You came to the last one. I came to the last one. And it was extra beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, it was good. Yeah. Like, yeah, the West needs more of that, what I experienced in your circle. Yeah, there is great yoga classes. Um, in the sense of just the physical, like there's nothing wrong with people wanting to go do a vinyasa or a flow or a hatha or any of that. Um, but for me to really feel connected to self and divine and purpose and community, I needed more than that. I needed to, yes, physically move, but maybe that was in the form of dance and hug the people next to me in my class and actually know them. And for me, mantras and mudras did the trick. I wanted the authentic experience and I wanted to to learn yoga the quote unquote right way, mm-hmm. you know, from the birthplace of yoga. Yeah. That's something so special. It is very special. Oh. Not a lot of people go and go to India and it wasn't the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that just so funny though? And like you weren't gonna go to the that class and this is like you wrote, got on that path as someone to be like, I was like, guy ew, to be God, like, what's that? Yeah, Gross. And that little guy that was there to be like, no, you should go. And then you're like, thank goodness you're open minded. And you're like, okay, I guess I should. Well, also, thank God for whoever that person at my table was mm-hmm. that was saying, don't, you're not here to judge, be open, go explore. Wow, isn't that so amazing? I like guess that person wasn't there. Like, who knows what he would have even had. I would have. Like, just, like, that one little thing has changed the course of your life. Yes. Oh! <laughs> it's just, like, literally everything, I feel like we've already made our, like, life paths anyways when we get here. Like, this is, like, you know what I'm saying? We're that living it sense. now. Yeah. And everyone you meet serves a purpose, and you meet them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for a short five seconds or a minute. Yeah. But I yeah. do, if you believe that our paths are already set for us. I think that the paths that a lot of people are on are not those paths because there's so much clutter in the way. Mm -hmm. So there may be preset paths for us, but until you connect to self, how do you go down that path? Exactly. Good question. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the answer is meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect segue. Yes, because we just experienced an amazing morning, afternoon, you leading some meditations. That's wonderful. Yes, and I would love if you would share more, kind of like maybe just a short little one that peeps can do, not when they're driving, of course, if you're listening to this when you're driving, but, you know, save it for later or just... 
Yeah. Yeah, give him some info on meditation and maybe we can do one. That'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, my belief on meditation and what's really drastically helped me was that was to learn meditation that you didn't need to plug in for. I didn't need to sign into some computer and follow my teacher online. I didn't need to download an app. I just needed to learn some breath work or some mantra or some mudra that worked for me that allowed me to connect to stillness and ground. So I, you know, praise these apps that help people get into meditation and assist them in starting when it's kind of a daunting task to some people. For sure it is. Yeah. I, it I think people get nervous. Nervous like yeah, if, if someone before me doing all everything that I've gone through or whatever, people are like meditation is like you can't talk, think about anything. That's impossible. Your brain always just thinks about stuff. <laughs> like how the hell am I supposed to do it? Yeah. You and know? you don't mm-hmm. it, meditation th- there's so many forms of meditation. You know, there's meditation with mantra, there's meditation focusing on the breath. There's meditation where, a japa meditation, where you're going around your mala Mm -hmm. and you are repeating an affirmation, a prayer, a mantra. There's many... There's movement meditation too, right? I don't agree that that's meditation (laughs) because you do need to connect to stillness. There, this new trend of... Oh, I was walking and meditating. I did a, mm. I did a bike meditation. I did a walk meditation. I did a, well, that's great and that's mindfulness and that's wonderful to be mindful, but it's kind of a silly word because the minute you are in the mind, you are not meditating. So, mindfulness is great mm-hmm. when we eat, when we talk to people, when we interact. Yeah. But mindfulness is not meditation. Yeah. Because yeah, mindfulness feels like, yeah, we're just a brain and a nervous system and, like, yeah. thinking about our thoughts. When it's like, that's about, not it No, it's supposed to be, let yeah. it go, connect to stillness. But to, oh, yeah, to become more mindful, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. But to confuse the words, not really. <laughs> not really meditation. Yeah. So... Yeah, and apps are funny, too. It's, like, the point of meditation is to disconnect from, like, the outside. Or, like, even just we're so addicted as a society to our phones in general. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that we have apps to meditate. It seems kind of like an oxymoron. Like, oh, I'm going to decide which bar I'm going to quit drinking at. Like, that's what it seems like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good point, definitely. But I do agree that apps are a great way for people to start like, if you are nervous or you can't go to India and learn these, and there's no meditation mm-hmm. dropping classes in the suburbs where we live. Mm-hmm. Vancouver has them, but we are not in Vancouver. Yeah. So, yeah, to start with an app, I actually started with Oprah and Deepak Chopra 21 day too. meditation. I did too. And I tell everyone before yeah. you even, before you want me to give you a meditation practice, just. Log on to Oprah and Deepak, follow it for 21 days, because Deepak guides you through mantra, and it's very authentic, and they go through Sanskrit, and they go through breath work, and just see if you even, can you do 21 days in a row? Can I you couldn't. sit for 20 minutes, yeah, you know? the first time I couldn't, I had to repeat it a couple times, I never got through it, I was like, this is hard. But great that you kept going back, mm. because 
Deepak and Oprah, they give you Western knowledge from an Eastern, like, Eastern standpoint, but they give it to Westerners in a way that we actually will understand. Mm. It's beautiful. But then how do you grow with those apps? I don't think you can. So that's where I value teachers who teach you how to meditate. They don't necessarily guide you through the whole meditation, whereas they just teach you, okay, here's a breath work or here is a mantra that you can repeat and you repeat it for 21 days and you repeat it 108 times each day or here's a breath work and this is how you do it for seven minutes. You inhale like this, you exhale like this or here's a mudra, hold this mudra for 27 minutes. Whatever it is, I like when a teacher teaches the students so the students can then go home and they have a meditation practice. Because if every day they need to make sure they go to a drop-in class for one hour that costs $25, it's just not like feasible. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be applicable in their daily life when they're in a stressful job and they're so overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, oh, I wish I could leave this meeting and go to a class. Or I wish I could leave mm-hmm. this meeting and plug in. Yeah. Whereas if they could just go to the bathroom and already have even just a three-minute breathwork practice and reconnect... And they can go on with their day. That's how I feel meditation should be taught. That's what you're doing. So that's what I'm doing, but also what I hope to do more of. Yeah. Is that when I lead meditations, I will teach about four different styles, whether it's usually I do about two breathwork and a mudra and a mantra. And I guide people through them a few times and then... We journey together. And I will throw in some wisdom. But a lot of times I'm just in it with them. And we're all experiencing this journey together. And then after class, I will either verbally or in writing or in a video re-explain the meditations to the students so they can then take it home. And before bed, they can, if they need to reread it, read on it or watch the video, that's great. But then they start learning how to do it themselves. And they have a 21-day practice or a 100-day practice or a lifetime of meditation. Then they can share with their girlfriend, boyfriend, child, dog, grandma, whatever. And then we can all be meditating without dropping classes and without apps. And we're just... This is like a normal daily thing, just like brushing teeth. Yeah. Wake up, Mm -hmm. take a shower, do a 20-minute meditation, go eat some food, brush your teeth, out the door. Yeah. Oh. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) It's so beautiful. Honestly, when you start your mornings with meditation, it's like eating a cupcake. Oh, yeah. Eating a cupcake that gives you calmness. The days where I'm preaching all this and there's still some days where I don't do it for whatever reason. And midway through the day, I'm just not, not myself. I'll be short with people or I'll be impatient or I'll be anxious. Like I still have anxiety and it still creeps up. Um, And one of my friends bugged me last month. He would say, if I was grumpy, he would say, did you meditate today? I was like, no, no, I didn't. And he's like, you got to go. You got to go meditate. (laughs) Come back to me after you've meditated. What a good friend. (laughs) That was good. Oh, wow. Yeah, it definitely changes our state. Definitely. Definitely. Let's change. Can we change our state? 
Can you lead us through? Yes. Yes. Definitely. (laughs) Yes. I would love to do a meditation together. Okay. It's a breathwork practice called Prakasha, which is breath of light. Prakasha in Sanskrit means inner consciousness, inner light. So in this breathwork practice, we are really connecting with our inner self, our inner guru, our inner teacher, our inner God, um, our inner clarity, and we are shining bright light out from us. It fills us and it pours over. So with this breath work, you can bring it in any part of your life, morning, afternoon, evening, if you are sitting in your car before work, if you are in bed before you, like, before you're going to sleep. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's so good because so many people are on their phones right before they go to bed. This is a, actually, Prakasha is an incredible breath work to do before yes. bed. If you position yourself actually away from your pillow so that when you are done the breath work, you can actually just fall and land your head on your pillow, you will be Almost. out. Yeah. Ooh. It's, it's incredible. But also if you do it in the morning, it will give you energy. So it's just a beautiful practice that can, it energizes and calms you and brings a lot of clarity. So why don't we do a few rounds so <laughs> that anyone listening can also enjoy my favorite breathwork practice. Yay. Okay. If you're sitting in a chair or you're laying, even laying down in your bed or you are on a couch or on the ground, anything is fine. You want your spine to be nice and tall, and you want to have a soft, open heart. Placing your hands downward if you need some grounding and stability, and placing your hands upward if you're looking for energy. You can also place your hands in your lap if that's comfortable for you. We're just going to start by taking nice, deep breaths in. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. As you continue breathing naturally, allowing your shoulders to drop, allowing your face to relax, removing your tongue from the roof of your mouth, your toes are crossed, your fingers are tight, relaxing them. Just getting to a state of stillness, a state of clarity. We always say, take me to a place where I can see. So on our next round of breath, we are going to start our Prakasha Pranayama, which is a seven-part inhalation through the nose. You will breathe in seven times in short bursts so that at the top it's like you've taken one deep breath and when you get to the top after seven breaths you hold and when you exhale through the nose you exhale in seven parts so the beat and the rhythm and the feel of it all will be inhaling through your nose seven times with this with the at this speed Holding your breath and exhaling seven times. Mm. 
Inhaling seven times. Holding. Exhaling seven times. Inhaling seven times. Exhaling. Inhaling. Holding. Exhaling. As you continue with your breath, being comfortable with the unknown. Allow yourself to experience more of who you are. Inhale. Exhale. Continuing on. Bowing to your inner wisdom. Activating a deep understanding of yourself. Three more rounds. Last round. And just breathing normally. Allowing whatever arises to arise whether it is emotion or feelings or thought, maybe you're light, you're a little bit lightheaded, your hands could be tingling, there could be stored energy in your chest or your back. Just breathing through it with some nice deep breaths. When you're ready, at this point, you either you can come back into the space by opening up your eyes, or you can lay down in your bed and you can have a beautiful sleep. You can rewalk into your meeting that you were stressed about. You can go back to class, and you can just walk back into the space, a calmer, brighter person, a vessel for other people. bringing things to the space instead of taking away. 
<sighs> and then we can open our eyes and come back. That was crazy. That was so lightheaded. Like, hi. That was high. Like, That's you high. felt like high. <laughs> Better than any Jaeger bomb. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh. It is better than a Jaeger bomb. Damn. Uh, wow. Yeah. Gives you chills. Makes you want a blanket so you can wrap in. And yawn. Thank you for sharing that. They say when you start to awaken things in yourself yeah. that you actually yawn more. Yeah. And you, yeah, you're getting it out. You're getting it out. You're getting it out. Opening up your energetic body. Yeah. Not just our physical body, mm. our energetic body. Yes, because it's so true when it's like you could cut the energy in the room with a knife. It's oh. like because energy we have, like our hearts give out this like frequency in this like circle around us. Like it is so true, the energy yes. that, you know, you can't see, but you can feel. Yeah. It's so important to take care of that. It's so important. You say... Yeah. What do you like about that person? I like their energy. And some people actually still don't get it and they like laugh, but you can feel it. And maybe if even if they don't feel it, you know if you like someone like right away. Yeah, or not. Or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> A good thing about meditation is actually you just really like everybody. Maybe that doesn't mean you're bringing them into your space or you're sharing meals with them or you're even you know, interacting more than the two minutes, but you really like a lot of people. Your Mm -hmm. circle gets large. Um, you interact with more people. I'm not saying that you need to have 200 best friends, but there's just not many people that you would dislike with you. Look at them differently. We're all just dealing with our own triggers, our own ego, our own traumas. So Mm -hmm. that's it. Mm. beautiful thank you for sharing that thank you for holding the space felt very nice it did I'm gonna do that more yes I'm so happy about that that was amazing breath work how amazing was that hopefully you sticked around to get naturally high with Nicole and I and we kept talking and talking and talking and Next week's episode, we are going to talk all about Dharma, Nicole's Dharma, and what she is doing with her company and giving back and doing humanitarian work. So stay tuned for next week's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, share it. Get uh, Nicole some likes and some follows as well. And if you haven't already, please feel free to rate and review this podcast. It helps podcasts get out and heard to new ears. And if you are still looking for more, you can follow the Wild Soul Podcast on Instagram at the Wild Soul Podcast. And if you also want to connect with like-minded cool peeps, head on over to Facebook, type in Wild Souls, and you will find our group there. So if you want to connect with people who listen to the podcast and who are in my circle feel free to add yourself there's a couple questions you need to answer but other than that i approve everybody well girls only girls only sorry guys but it's like a place for girls to chat 
So yeah, get ready for next week's episode. Till then, happy hump day. See you later. Namaste.